episode 91 of This Developing Story. I first got into developer relations. There were a few folks who transcended the entire category uh, from their talks, their their podcasts, their interactions, and um, a lot of times, like I, I try to emulate their experiences and their their content uh, because of that. And I think a lot of us do the same. And one of the folks who are transcending the entire ecosystem uh, is Cassidy Williams. And I, I I finally reached out and said, hey, we should chat because uh, like we literally are in the same talking circuit. We've we worked at the same companies. Uh, so finally, I have the opportunity to chat with her, share that conversation with you. Uh, if you enjoy it, I do hope that you reach out to her and tell you like the, the episode. If not, uh, keep that to yourself. All right, let's jump right in. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, Cassidy and I am, well, I'm currently, I'm based in Chicago and I am a dev advocate, developer experience engineer, software engineer, all these different titles and stuff. And so I, I first started coding when I was a teenager and uh, was really, it was the Neopets thing and everything. And then um, ended up majoring in computer science and have mostly done a bunch of startup hopping and stuff since then. And so I was working at Venmo when I first started my career and, and Venmo was bought by PayPal and you know, when big companies jump in, they do kind of change things. And so I went to another startup um, called Clarify, which is an AI startup, um, which was very fun to work for. But I was kind of done with being based in New York and remote work was not nearly as popular as it is today at that point. And so I moved out to Seattle and joined a creative agency called L4. Um, L4 does not exist anymore. It was bought uh, by a large company based in Argentina called Globant. Um, and so after being there for a while, I ended up going to Amazon, which was where um, my sister worked, where uh, my husband worked, v various people worked in, in Seattle. You kind of do your time at Amazon. Um, I w was there for about seven months, and that was probably six months too long. I, I did not enjoy it there and ended up leaving to go to the complete opposite type of company, CodePen, which was eight people as opposed to 500,000 people. Um, and it was my first remote role. And so I worked at CodePen for a while uh, doing just straight up software engineering and, and working on the product. And after all, I kind of missed doing more dev advocacy style work because that is what I mostly did before with the exception of L4. Um, and so, yeah, I, w I wanted to go back into interacting with developers more, and, and I worked for React Training after that. Well, hey, Catherine, I'm seeing so many fun names. Um, and so uh, I went to React Training after that and was teaching React workshops full-time. Um, and unfortunately, when you teach and travel for a living, that doesn't go super far in a pandemic, and, and we had to lay off all staff um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I joined Netlify after that. And I was at Netlify until last week, two weeks ago. Time isn't real. Um, and, and I was uh, doing developer experience engineering there, mo focusing mostly on React. Um, and now I am floating in between roles until I start sometime next year. Okay, cool. So you have a role lined up? I'm working on that. I want to get back into the education space, and I'm kind of figuring what all that looks like. And so I'm, okay. I'm talking with places and, and have some light plans that we'll we'll see how fast okay. those well, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to divulge your uh your your plans all my forward. secrets yeah. yeah especially if you're enjoying like naruto or whatever else you're watching on reddit um 
Oh, well, you know, Hunter x Hunter, I'm doing another watch through. So good. Okay, cool. Yeah, you got to get in. Get in when you fit in. Um, (laughs) So I didn't realize you worked at CodePen uh, or you spent some time there. Um, So I believe CodePen's Chris Coyer. Am I I mixing properties? That's right. Yeah. Chris Coyer works there. Um, There's there's, uh, Rach Smith and and, uh, Marie and Claire and Alex. There's some great people there. Um, Stephen Shaw is there. You might know his streaming show, The Key Framers. Um, there, yeah. there's some great people at CodePen. Okay, excellent. And then, um, yeah, so I also, your whole story, I didn't actually, I wasn't aware of you until you started working at React Training, because uh, I know Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence uh, yeah. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's cool that you're able to connect with them. I imagine one of them was living in Seattle at that time. Is that how you made that connection? I actually, th- so yes, Ryan was living in the Seattle area, but I met Michael in Chicago at a conference. <laughs> so it, it just kind of worked out that way where um, I had I had been chatting with her, talking with the both of them a little bit, talking about what if I did um, some tech workshops with them while working at CodePen and doing kind of like co-workshops together. Gosh. And then the more I talked with them, the more I was like, what if I just joined you all full time? Because this sounds fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, like we, we can we can fast forward past your background, but you, you eventually started working on Netlify. And my question I asked everybody at Netlify is, did you see any of my commits when you were uh, touching any of the code base? Did they still exist? They do still exist, actually. Excellent. Yes, yes. You you still have a presence. I, I saw some of your old Slack messages, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, at the time when I worked at Netlify, there was like less than 10 of us. So it was probably mostly me talking to myself saying, because so I, I worked there and I got Netlify.com, so the dashboard. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was the only one that wanted to write JavaScript at the time. Uh, so I converted the Angular app to React, but I had nobody mm-hmm. to review my code except the CEO. Uh, he's the only one that would re- review my code because he was the only one that cared enough about JavaScript and had oh, opinions. No. Yeah, so a lot of that code was just like basically cowboy coded. No one, no, no one reviewed it, but... Uh, which is why I'm curious if my commit still exists because I'm hoping people rewrite that stuff and make it a little more at least yeah, test I it. I actually did a rotation on the product team, and and a big part of my job was converting the app site to use the latest version of React Router. And who there's some old code in there. So I saw some of your old code. I saw some of CEO Matt's old code. There there was some. There were some things that I saw where it kind of visualized the Shrek music where it's like, da-da-da, da-da-da, like I was walking in an old forest. Um, that's what it was like navigating that code base. It was it was magical. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I only could imagine it was rough because there was no, I mean, there's conventions now for React, but back in that those days, it was just sort of, you'd read a blog post and then implement it like the next day, yeah. uh, live in production. So that's, that's pretty much how that works. Yeah, no, some of the stuff that was made to make Redux work, I I looked at it and I was just like, you know, at the time, this was genius. But now, oh, it it gives me a little headache. (laughs) Yeah, it was the only app I could ever get Redux to work in was Nellify. I tried a couple years before that, or a year before that, because it wasn't even around that long. But Yeah. (laughs) yeah, anyway. Yeah, but the, the the app is still going strong. I see. I see. Jonathan is here. There's 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 still good engineers on that team. It's not all bad. Oh, hey, Den is here too. Um, but yeah, no. It, uh, I your code still exists. Your legacy lives on. Excellent. I don't know how long it will last <laughs> because there's a lot of innovations happening there. But eh, you never know. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd hope that it uh, eventually gets uh, removed with something better and uh, some updates. It's been a while, but uh, we don't have to spend more time about my code. I'd actually like to learn about uh, what you're sort of working. I, it's interesting because you're in between roles at the moment. Right. So like what you're working on now is a question I asked to all the people I have on this, uh, this space. Uh, you can fill in the gaps with like what you've been working on the last six months. And um, I'm curious now that you're also doing, like you did DevRel, Dev, Dev Experience at Netlify. What are some things that really work during your time uh, while you're there? Yeah, and so so I I really like the developer experience space, developer advocacy space, and everything. I think what's exciting is it's it's kind of it's a known career now. When I was first doing it, when I, I first started doing this kind of work seven years ago or so, a little more than seven years ago, and. Um, People had no idea what I was doing, and, but it, w- it was something where where uh, at Venmo, I was showing people how to use the Venmo API. I was building demos with it. I was saying, hey, if you want to integrate these kinds of payments into your apps, you can. And I was, I was going to hackathons and stuff all the time. But because people didn't fully understand the job... I was also doing product engineering at the exact same time, and it was it was chaotic. I burnt out so much because it was like a nine in addition to speaking at events and hackathons and stuff every weekend. It was kind of chaotic. And so at Nellify, it's great because when I joined, Sarah Drasner was running the team, and I remember joining and being like, oh my gosh, someone designed this team who actually knows what DevRel is, where we didn't have any set traveling requirements. Granted, it was a pandemic, so, you know, um, but but like the way we strategized about content and the way we set up our goals was, was it just made sense where uh, I could focus on the React community and I did a lot with Next.js as well and be able to just kind of pump out content and show people what to do without people questioning should my role exist. And and that was that was quite a game changer. And it's something that I think a lot of companies need to work on, but it's it's definitely making a lot of changes here. And that's something where I see Kurt is on here. I I know that he's trying to teach that to a lot of and I know Angie's been making a lot of uh strides in this space as well. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I similar I made the switch in the DevRel. Well, it's weird because I did I did the product engineering role and then did DevRel at Netlify um, mm-hmm. as like a hobby the entire time I was there. Uh, I didn't move full time until right before I left. Actually, right before Sarah joined uh, is when I left. Um, and six months prior, I was doing it full time. Um, but I, I bring that up because I avoided DevRel as a position or an archetype for my career because. I always felt like engineering would always just sort of fall away as a skill set if mm-hmm. I went to only content creation. Uh, so I do, I have like tons of respect for, for folks like Kurt and Sarah and even Jason, who's now leading the helm uh, for keeping like that rotation sense in the mix. Uh, so that way folks can still like feel like they have authenticity to talk about what they're talking about. That makes sense. Right. Well, and, and the like, like you said, being able to rotate onto product and also just being able to say, I want to keep working on technical projects. If if your company makes space for that, I think that's so important because so, so many companies you end up basically just being someone who talks about the technical stuff, but doesn't actually get to build it. And, and more power to you if that's what you want to do. But if that's not what you want to do, uh, being heard when you're vocal about it is, is really important. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. And uh, I feel like the like having that sort of path to work on side projects, it, you get to create other, I guess, I don't know, these platforms or content streams, I guess, is what I'm trying to segue into, um, mm. which you stream on Twitch. I don't know if you have, yes. honestly, I never actually figured out if you, if you had a regular schedule or not. Um, I do on Thursdays. And, and okay. so I've, I've been thinking about adding more days, but for now I, I stream Thursday afternoons. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and um, how has that been? Because I think, did you start that during the pandemic or were you doing that prior? I've done it on and off. Where, where, for example, when I did work at Amazon, my sister worked there at the same time and we started a Twitch stream where we were showing people how to build skills for uh, the Amazon Echo devices. I don't want to say her name too loudly in case I activate someone's device. Um, but uh, we, we would make, we, we had a, a regular stream where we would work on that. And then I occasionally would do just random streams where I would build keyboards or Legos or, or, or something like that. But then it was when I uh, was at Netlify where I started consistently streaming, um, where I was like, okay, I'm going to have a, an actual regular cadence where I'm streaming yeah, every week and, and have a schedule for what I want to talk about and what I want to show people. Yeah. Do you find it rewarding to the stream or to be online? Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think of it as an audience like, hey, look at me. I I think there's definitely a difference between an audience and a community. And I like to lean towards the community side of things where I try to ask questions first before I start saying like, hey, check out what I'm doing. Um, because I think especially in pandemic times, people don't often get to say what they're working on or, or talk about things unless they're just on, on social media or, or talking with, with friends. And so, um, and I'm not trying to say all of this to be like amazing, but to say that uh, with my stream, I, I try to start with like, what are you working on? How has your week been going? And, and hear what people are doing and then respond with what what I'm doing and, and kind of lead with that. Because if it's the viewers first, if it's if it's the community first, then people feel a little bit more welcome into the space and feel like they have have a place to show off their work and, and brag about what they're doing or even just share their woes about something that they might be stuck on. Yeah, and it's something that I've been so I've I've done a lot of work uh for the DevRel side on GitHub and we've identified like quite a few I I use the word influencer. I don't know how people feel about that that term. Um <laughs> But developer empowers, I guess. I don't know. Or, or GitHub stars um, is a better oh, yeah. term, I guess. Yeah, so, like people who are just doing content and like ha have a community and like uh, like the way you explained it, like it makes a lot of sense. Like you have a community, you provide a place for people to kind of share their, their wins. And I find the people that are commenting in the like your community or Jason's community are like always the up and coming folks. And what my tactic has been when people are like, hey, Brian, you should work at this company. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to work there. But there's some people I talk to. And I con I constantly like raise, like I don't always talk in everybody's communities. Like in yours, I sit pretty much silently. Um, <laughs> except at the beginning. Sometimes I throw out, I don't know if you've ever seen my handle in there. but um, Yeah, I've seen I, your handle. I, I try to throw out some quippy stuff to like either make you laugh or other people laugh while being respectful, to be very clear, um, for anybody who's listening wants to emulate that, respect is key. Um, but I always, I take note of who's also like commenting and constantly helpful, because those are like the way I sneakily grab folks to become future GitHub stars or 
to go speak at a future conference or partner a content in the future. So uh, I, I like being. It's very real. Yeah. yeah the, you can, I don't think people realize how often we see the individuals and how much they're contributing to communities where there, there have been times where people will message me saying, Hey, just, I, my name is this. And, and I've been on your stream a few times. I'm, I, I don't, you know who I am, but I'd like to show you this. And I'm like, of course I know who you are. You chat every week. It's amazing. Hello. It's so good to meet you individually. And, 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 uh, the, those relationships, they, they exist, but it's, it's kind of a, but you're exactly right in that, if someone is saying, hey, do you know anybody that I could hire or do you know who anybody who I could talk X role? I think about those spaces first where people who are yeah. active in Twitch chat, people who respond to my newsletter, people who are active on, on the Twitter mentions talking about, uh, oh, here, here's a company I know who's hiring or, hey, I could help with mock interviews or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a very – yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I. I think about uh, like where I, I've made it in my life because I'm, I'm a career switcher. I don't have a CS degree or anything like that. Did a boot camp, got someone at a startup, took a chance with me, and then now I'm at GitHub. Like that's that's, that's my awesome. cliff notes. Um, so like where I'm at, I'm always looking for people to pull up and like answer questions and promote and like retweet where I can. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the people who get it get it. So I constantly I love operating in the back room. Uh, in like the DMs and having conversations with people uh, and pointing people to these folks uh, for that reason, because I know I can like defer all that attention to people who really need attention and rather than like, I'm like, ah, cool. I've now upped my stream concurrence to 10 instead of nine. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Well, and and, man, helping people get jobs is my favorite thing. Like I, I love seeing people take something that you teach them or opportunity and, and they take it and run with it and make it their own and, and they're able to do such amazing things. It's 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 truly my favorite thing to do and, and that's that's what I wanna keep doing. And being able to be involved in various communities is is such a fun way to do that because you can develop really real friendships while being able to help people out and, and see people helping other people and, and foster that kind of space and environment. Cool. And I'm glad you mentioned your favorite thing to do, because I want to actually ask you about TikTok, since I have it. <laughs> um, so I also, I, I took notice of your TikTok in the last couple of years, and um, I don't want to out myself in my age, but I'm older than you, but all your, uh, you'd mentioned Neopets and some other stuff in your TikToks, like they're all relevant <laughs> to, to <laughs> my upbringing. Uh, so I find them hilarious. Um, I think the the one that I first found was like, you had the Brandy song. Um Sorry, the, oh, not the, the impossible song. one, the, the impossible from song. Cinderella, yes. the best Cinderella, I might add. Glad I'm, I'm glad you finished that thought because I was not. I said the Brandy song and I didn't really finish that. But um, anyway, that that TikTok was like um, 100 amazing, uh, and I'd probably cite you as the reason for me having a TikTok um, because like the, your approach, <laughs> um, well, one it was approachable and you're able to sort of slip in dev memes uh, where you could. Um, so I'm curious, like, is, is there a strategy there? Or like, what is, do you just have like a fever dream and you're like, Hey, I need to hit record on this thing real quick. Um, clear my calendar. It is definitely the latter. I would love to say that I'm an excellent social media strategist and really post things with like very specific agendas. I don't. Some of my favorite TikToks are ones where there's such specific references to like musicals or something where I'm just like, you know, nobody's going to get this, but I will. (laughs) 
um, one of one of my favorite TikToks that I've made, and I I think truly like five people understood the reference was referencing the musical Dreamgirls, which is one of my favorite musicals, and. <laughs> There's a character, for those who don't know, there's a character named Effie in the musical. And and uh, she's played by Jennifer Hudson in the movie, if, if you've ever seen the movie. And there's a song that she sings where it's she sings, I am changing. And it starts with her singing, look at me, look at me, I am changing. And I'm like, hey, if, if you think about this in a React context, there's the react hook use effect what if you renamed it to use effie and then it's it's look at me look at me i'm changing because that's what use effect does anyway it's a very very obscure niche joke but it was my favorite one yeah did that take off on on it it did not i don't think (laughs) anybody understood it (laughs) excellent yes and so that's that is that's where I'm 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 here for that. And also I've never seen that musical. I appreciate you you taking us down the path and oh, you're, you're educating us on you this. Sh- you should definitely watch it because it's excellent. And honestly, you, you had me at Jennifer Hudson. Um, I know, so, right? Oh gosh. I uh, I'll definitely talent. I'll catch up on that. Yeah, but, uh the that one that's one of those musicals where like I've I had the C D when it first came out and that C D has been loved to death. Oh, so good. Um, this is very, this is a tangent off of technical talk. Yeah. TikToks are cool. Um, and I like making tech jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I think TikToks that they, they don't need to have a marketing angle to it. Uh, Cause I know some DevRel folks are now like launching their TikToks and they're now have a whole strategy and everything like that. And it's working for them. Um, like my, my whole thing is in, I, I don't think anybody from my team is here, but, um, cause half of them are in Australia and still sleeping. Uh, but my whole thing is like build your personal brand on what you care about. Uh, so mm-hmm. I tend to like after eight o'clock, that's when I start doing the whole like nineties hip hop references or nice. something very specific to like the verses that's happening or the Kanye, <laughs> the Kanye opening up for Kanye concert. That was last week. Like I'll do one off quip tweets about that. Um, usually after eight o'clock, uh, because most of my audience, the people who follow me, um, yeah, they, there's not really up to speed. And I, I honestly, I don't want to say that. A lot of people are up to speed. It must be a little too on the nose, like the the iffy thing you had mentioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it, it's it's hilarious, but I think what's going to happen now is now everybody that, that's now been exposed to that sort of back history of, about this TikTok is going to watch the TikTok, and hopefully there's going to be a spike in downloads or Amazon Prime watches for um, <laughs> the musical. Yeah, I'm going to single-handedly raise Jennifer Hudson's income this month. She could use it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the- influencer. <laughs> that's that's what we do. That's what this is all about. Um, but uh, what, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so I think it's like you said about personal branding. Like with a lot of social media things, you you do want to be yourself. Uh, and, and granted, there are certain things where I'm just like, you know, you could put this on an alt account. You don't need to uh, cause too much chaos and, and pick fights or anything. But I think with regards to personal branding, it's just as important to know what you want to do as it is what you don't want to do. And, yeah. and what, what you like, what you don't like, what, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Because I, I think a lot of a lot of people think they're just like, oh, I want to do this thing because it'll look good on my resume. And that's the only reasoning behind it. Or they're just like, because I want to increase this number of followers. People can tell when you're not being genuine or where you're, when you're just trying to be uh, controversial. 
Um, and, and so being yourself means like understanding what you want to put out there and, and what, what you want to do. Because for example, I, I, I manually wrote down a list of things that I like, things that I don't like and stuff. There was definitely a time where I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to just say yes to all the things because I wanted to look great on my resume. And I burnt out a ton and I was doing a lot of things that I didn't actually care about, but I thought that it, it would look good and some did and some did not and and it was just not worth it in the end but now for example i refuse to work with c plus plus this is just a very specific language example i never want to touch that language again that language gives me nightmares and you can't make there have been so many times where i've almost gone for a role or something because i'm like oh this company is cool i could i could tough it out just to to be at a company like this i don't want to do that I don't want to do that to myself. And so it it can really help the jobs that you go for and and the the content you put out there and the things that you do and and yeah, it, it, once again, I I think it's it's good to know that about yourself and if you want to build content strategies and stuff in that regard, sure, but it it really I think comes out naturally once you're self-aware uh <laughs> in that type of thing. So I I had a follow-up question to that and um like there's a lot of people listening uh, right now and probably will like this is actually being recorded. I don't think I actually told you that. So apologies. Um, oh, any, no. Yeah. That's so for, for the uh, the next 30 days, you can actually click on the tweet and listen to the recording. So if anybody listens after the fact, this is for you as well. But uh, what what makes developer advocate like you, you know, you you can write code. You kind of like doing the content. Like, how do you. Like you spent some time, I guess, doing directorship at uh, at Nellify. I'm not sure if you got a chance to hire folks before you mm-hmm. you left, um, but you probably sat on an interview panel. So, like, what's what's some good characteristics and to to look for for people uh, if they're considering making the jump over? Also, one of the people we hired is on this call. Hey, Natalie. Um, so, uh, I, I've I've hired and and been on both sides of the interviewing table at at multiple companies and in, in multiple types of roles. I've, I've done engineering management for just straight up engineering teams and I've, I've led dev ad- advocacy teams before. And so I've, I've seen all of that. And I think if you, if you want to be a dev advocate, I think most people can. And a lot of people think they're just like, oh, well, I have to be famous on Twitter first, or, or I have to have a lot of conference talks under my belt. A lot of the best dev advocates I've seen don't have any of that. They just care about developers. And granted, it helps to be comfortable speaking on a Twitter space like this. It helps It helps to have, have solid communication skills because you want to care about developers when you do make content for them. But some some developer advocates they're very much behind the scenes and they just care about developers know what they're looking for and have that that level of experience where they say okay i might not be the best public speaker but you know what i know that developers specifically want these kinds of tools so i'm going to contribute to open source and and build certain tools that that might be useful for developers or they might say you know i don't like writing blog posts but i really like writing documentation how about i'll write the docs for this or for that i i do think that people think that you have to be some sort of dev influencer celebrity type to be a dev advocate but you don't uh, a lot of the best ones aren't actually it, it, it's people who truly just care about developers and and want to build resources so that developers can be the best that they can be yeah that's a great answer 
Yeah, something that we were not, I don't say we were struggling with at, at GitHub, but like we were identifying folks that we'd potentially want to interview and reach out to and have work at, at GitHub, uh, specifically on my team. And we went through this whole list of trying to find if there was like established folks who are not doing DevRel that would potentially like consider a role at GitHub. And some things that I found out while going through this process and like doing the research is like there's a lot of, a lot of like famous people in the developer space. Um, but not a lot of people who'd be okay with like doing the day-to-day DevRel stuff. So like, I honest, I, I shy away from folks with like large followings, uh, on a specific platform or just one platform. Uh, and mm-hmm. not because I, I'm, I'm shy that, uh, they're going to take over, I don't know, the message for the team or whatever. It's, it's more of a, I don't want to ruin that for them. Like if I, if I say, Hey, GitHub pages is now getting an update. I need you to start talking about this. Um, which I don't think I've ever, I'm, that's not going to happen, but I'm using that as an example um, that I don't want to make it feel like they have to now become the GitHub pages person. Like I'd rather find right. someone who already actively like loves some feature at GitHub or loves some language or, or framework and doesn't mind talking about it um, in the way of like GitHub doing it and stuff like that. Right. That was something that I really appreciated about Sarah Drasner when she was hiring me and when, when she's hired other people on the team as well was she specifically said in the interview process, we're not hiring you for your Twitter following and we don't expect you to ever tweet on behalf of the company unless you want to. We're not going to ask you to use that because someday when you leave, this account will still be yours. And so uh, if, if you leave, you don't want it to be like a part of your identity that's now gone. And and I think that's that's so, so important for us to remember because there there's so many companies that, that I've even talked to recently where they basically say, okay, well, yeah, we basically want you to be a content creator and, and we'll expect you to tweet this much and do this kind of thing. And, and yeah, my my social presence isn't for sale. It's just kind of an added bonus if you want me to troll the company that I work for um, and or however someone might be using their, their social media presence. And so I, I totally get what you mean by kind of figuring out how people use socials and, and how, how people approach that sort of thing when hiring. All right, folks, that was Cassidy Williams. I, I do encourage you. If, uh, I'd be surprised if you're not already following her on Twitter, but it is Cassidy on Twitter and on TikTok. Um, I, I, one of my inspiration for TikTok did come from from Cassidy's earliest TikToks and the ones that really took off. And uh, just her, her ability to take it developer comedy or developer related comedy uh, and then provide that to a platform that really didn't have a lot of it uh, earlier this year. Um, so with that, I do encourage you to de- definitely follow her accounts, uh, reach out to her, follow her newsletter. Um, actually, you should definitely check out Cassidy.com. Uh, there's a subscription for a newsletter because uh, she has like some really good intuition around the industry as well as uh technical interview questions as well so uh check it out also if you want to be a part of the story definitely hit me up in the twitter dm uh, twitter.com slash yo uh we host these on twitter spaces live interacting with you so if you want to ask questions you want to participate or if you want to be a guest uh, find me on twitter all right y'all i'll see you in the next one